Put on your best lippy and get your hair done all nice. It's time to live fast, die young and leave a beautiful corpse. Picture the scene. You're at a cinema on a Friday night in the late 90s. You haven't decided which film to watch, so you look at the posters on display. One of them has a black background, red and white lettering, and photos of between four and eight attractive 20-somethings lined up in a row. That looks like Scream, you say out loud in your stupid voice. I like Scream. That's probably the same as Scream. I think this film will be good. You buy a ticket. The film is not good. <laughs> you are listening to episode 75 of the Devil Times 5 Horror Podcast. And let's be honest, me and my fellow devils look more suited to be victims in an 80s slasher instead. I'm Cliff and I'm joined by Bryony, Luke, Emily and Simon. Hey. Hello. Hello. Yeah, Simon, who was our guest devil on episode 72, has taken the plunge and joined us full time. Any regrets uh-huh. yet? No, not yet. Give it a minute. Hesitation there. I mean, I regret some of those films I had to watch, I have to say. uh, It was not a good month, uh, or two weeks, because we just recorded two weeks ago. I mean, I've been watching these since January, so I've had a great time. Oh, fair enough, yeah. This this one's been rescheduled again and again with a uh, guest we were hoping to get on who's too busy. And famous. And this is my this is my choice. So I've been like, yay, films that I like, because it looks like Scream, doesn't it? Do look like Scream. They do look a lot like Scream. We might have to get a bit creative with our highs and lows, as it's been such a short time since we last recorded. But Simon, you're probably all right to tell us what you've been watching in the last month or so, so you can start. Yeah. I went to see Pearl last night, oh, uh, nice. which was which was excellent. Very much enjoyed that. Good bit of Mia Goth. I mean. You know, look at her crazy face. It's a cracker. Is it a crazy face? Have you heard her natural accent? Yes. No. What is it's it? It's bizarre. Posh. She sounds like she's very posh. She sounds like a Harry Potter actress pretending to do a British accent if she was American. It's the most bizarre thing. Because mm. I've only ever seen her in like High Life and, and Pearl and that. I mean, I've seen her in a lot. Nymphomaniac Volume Two. That was probably where I first saw her. Emma. Oh yeah, Emma. And it turns out that's her actual accent. Yeah, no, no, she's she's fucking great. Um, what was the other film done by Gorv? Cure for Wellness. Yeah, cool. that's one. Yeah, she's British in that as well, wasn't she? Yeah. I've seen all these films. I don't remember her in any of them. I don't remember her in Nymphomaniac. I mean, <laughs> don't remember much from Nymphomaniac. Other than everyone too, who was British and spoke wanking. with a Dutch accent. Yeah, I was too busy wanking. Everyone <laughs> Dutch in it spoke with an English accent. Was it? What was Shia LaBeouf up to in that? I'm going to cut the bit out where I'd prompt you to say you were too busy wanking and just have you saying, yeah, I was, so, too, bu- I was too busy wanking. <laughs> voluntarily. Just, you know, when you say, what's your highlight in low life? You're just going to say, so, too, busy too, busy too busy wanking. Too busy wanking, yeah. going to cut the whole thing. <laughs> cut the whole thing. <laughs> Did you want to talk about Pearl a bit more? What we were talking about was Mia Goth and you wanking. Well, I mean, I mean, they'd say the last shot's a bit of a crazy face, isn't it? You know, if you're saying she doesn't have a crazy yes. face, a bit of a crazy face. Yeah, that's a crazy face. Yeah. It was cracking. It really uh, really worked. It was a bit like Repulsion Cross of the Wizards of Oz, which I'm very much, hmm. very much up for. Okay, cool. Yeah, I love it. It's great. And anything else? Hello, or...? You know what? I've only watched very high... Apart from for this, I've only watched very high-quality horrors. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would say a slight low was Barbarian. Okay. Ooh. I liked it, but it'd been hyped up so much that it was going to be this amazing bit of business. But actually, it was just, it was just good. Mild disappointment. But other than that, it's, it's been uh, been some crackers, got to say. I'll put it down as the middler. Middler. A the middler. middler. 
Pit down's a bet. Um, I've got exactly the same high. I saw Pearl last Saturday. I was expecting to like it and I absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that it is really sort of faithful to the whole golden age of Hollywood stuff. So you've got all the strings and the woodwind on the soundtrack, all the beautiful vistas, etc. And then when it does the horror stuff, it just becomes all that more impactful. It's just, yeah, it was, it was really, really good. And... Um, Mia Goth is incredible. And I, I enjoyed The Crazy Face. That's actually two films in a row of like my highs of things that have got amazing end credits. Yeah, because you had a wounded form last time. I did, yes. Um, and yeah, this one, it was just, you, you're like, how long is this shot going to go on for? And the answer is <laughs> yeah. fucking ages and it's amazing. Forever. So yeah, Crazy right. Face, crazy movie, really, really loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, and my other high, I watched a Mexican film from 1989 called Grave Robbers. <laughs> I watched that which is um, cheap and cheerful um, and I recommend it if you like a film which soundtrack sounds like somebody's trying to do Violator by Depeche Mode on a very very low budget with a child's keyboard and there's a lot of um, fake heads being thrown over walls and stuff like that so if you like that you'll probably like it yes you don't want to be all like you know racial stereotyping or anything but no, you don't know those fiery latinos eh? they <laughs> shout their whole way through the film it is it's quite shouty and also with my obsession with end credits it does contain the lovely end credit where there's two stuntmen and it just says stuntmans <laughs> <laughs> which i thought was lovely anyway it does good sort of dusty tombstones and uh, rubber skeleton hands and uh, my favorite so. 60s variety star well, dusty tombstones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's got to be a goth drag queen, surely. <laughs> <laughs> Luke, my high is going to be a TV show, uh, which is The Last of Us. I love the computer game, and they've got it very, very right with the TV series. A lot of people did mind that there wasn't as many infected in the TV series, but I think it's more of an emotional show with infected things in it. Yeah, you couldn't have that many infected. You couldn't just have people doing the gameplay. In real life, could you? You can just have like there's certain bits I was like, you just just make a knife and fucking stab him. Don't bother with any of this shooting. But uh, yeah, it was good. Am I low? Uh, I'm gonna class it as horror because there is jump scares throughout it. Um, is the new the dinosaur movie '65, okay. where uh, humans don't actually exist on Earth yet, but there is humans that exist in space. Um, and they <laughs> land. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's apparently how it, how it works. Um, the whole film, brilliant. <laughs> the whole film even opens with saying, like, before mankind existed, and then Adam Driver appears on screen and just crashes his ship on a dinosaur planet, and he's got to hide from big dinosaurs. <laughs> so um, does it turn out he's the he's Adam? He's the actual then? Adam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me, that sounds fucking brilliant. Yeah. Is Eva T-Rex or something? But surely he's a time traveller. It doesn't really make sense because Uh, they just have that he's on another planet, that he's got to go on expedition to this other planet (laughs) to help his daughter, but he has to be on that planet for two years. Why is his daughter there? His daughter's apparently ill, so he has to go and. Is she a dinosaur? Yeah. Is his daughter a dinosaur? Oh, this sounds so good! This does sound really fun, yeah. It's written and directed by the same people that did A Quiet Place. Um, and I really enjoy Quiet Place, so it's quite annoying that it was their directional debut. It sounds to me like someone's gone, oh, we, we've given you a massive budget, what do you want to do? And they're like, let's dig out the, the script that we wrote when we were eight, yeah. it's called Space Dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's exactly that. 
It sounds like it was written by Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> None of this makes it sound any less delightful, though. No, all, I mean, all these are pluses. <laughs> Bryony. My dad recommended this film on Netflix called Fall. Mm. Same guys who did 47 Metres Down, but this time it's 2,000 feet up. Um, <laughs> so, same premise, same twist. But yeah, my dad recommended it. He's like, oh, it's really good. Like, go watch it. And it's super fucking tense, and then it just goes awry. And I was trying to figure out why my dad, my my 69-year-old dad, would recommend this. Look, did you just giggle at the 69? (laughs) (laughs) Nice age. Nah, definitely not. (laughs) Oh, brilliant thing a little while ago. You know where they call out um, the numbers in some branches of McDonald's to get get your order? I was in a McDonald's before a gig so I was like alright I'll just grab grab a burger I was waiting they called out the number 69 and the security guard because this was the one in King's Cross so they were convinced it was going to kick off in there the security guard in there was the person that did a big guilty snorty laugh (laughs) that blows my mind the security guard would be laughing at it surely he hears it all the time nobody else did I would expect everyone else to me and my mate were just and then the security guard was like we're like okay fine (laughs) Bryony was that a high or a low I don't I don't know Um, a midler I think a Bette Midler Um, the old Bette Midler Midler. like the climbing bits were were very fucking tense and you know my dad is right there was a lot of cleavage which was delightful Um, (laughs) but it just got a bit silly can we just clarify did your 69 year old dad just waiting for Luke Snigger. Did he say that all the cleavage is delightful? No, he went, nah, there's lots of cleavage in it, so, you know, that's great. Has he ever seen the films of Russ Meyer? They blow his mind. <laughs> oh, mate. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think that was a, that was a middler. Um, mm-hmm. And then, fuck it, my high is, I, I watched all the Saw films and one hey. evening very drunk, <laughs> spurred on by our visit to the Saw experience. Yeah, It's like junk food. It's like delicious, tasty junk food. I want to binge it. I think I watched the first one and I was like, I'll be really sensible and I'll watch the next one next month. And then maybe two weeks later I was like, well, I'll just have a little nibble of two. Yeah. And then it was like, blah, 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 Officer Big Lips, oh, his big neck. Ah. <laughs> I think two's my favourite. Right, okay. Even though it's shit. Which is my favourite? I rewatched Saw 2 the other day. I love it. I think I'm sticking to one a month until, until the end of October when I'll have caught up and Saw 10 will be out. Um, my high, uh, Infinity Pool. It's just really good. More Mia Garth brilliance. She's got this incredible, incredible comedy scene towards the end, which is well, it's amazing. <laughs> She's so good. It's very weird. It's, it's like um, Triangle of Sadness meets Waking Fright meets Possessor. Okay. Whoa. Okay. Wow. Well, talking my language there. Those are yes. three 10 out of 10s for me. Cool. Genuinely. Frightened talk. Um, and my low is a 1991 film called Scary Movie, which is set in a one of those Halloween haunted house attraction things. I don't think there's been a single good film set in one of those things ever. Can you see everyone? I never watched Hell House LLC. That's not too bad, Hell House LLC. Haunt wasn't bad as well. That's worth watching. I don't think I've seen one I've liked. This one stars a bloke who looks like if they tried to make Elijah Wood about 10 years before... <laughs> And they just got it a bit wrong. Elijah Shrub. <laughs> Look up the picture of this film, you'll see what I mean. And it's got a weird scene where an old man's petting a cow in a field and he says to the cow, you make me want to crap green onions. 
Okay. Great. It's Dr. Seuss film, isn't it? Green eggs and crap green onions. That was when Dr. Seuss really couldn't be asked anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was a metaphor for his output. Oh, the place is your crap green onions. (laughs) We've had quite a bit of feedback since the last episode. We've had compliments about that one. Um, Just like Izzy Sooty. Listener Tom Morton is from Matlock or lives there at the moment. So he's presumably a regular customer at Dead Man's Flues whatever he wants to buy an extractor unit or something like that. Um, and he said it was a particularly great episode. So thanks for that, Tom. Uh, we've had a lot of people commiserating us on the films we've had to watch for this episode. And we've had some ideas for other <laughs> themes we could do in the future. Kim Olaf's Vines has suggested sports horror, sorority houses. Danny Slack said, what about movies based on video games? Class war movies, feudal Japan. All great suggestions. Thanks, both of you. And Deborah Meaden off of Dragon's Den tweeted the best review we've ever had. She said, this is utterly shameful. Zero respect for life. Really? Zero respect for life. Does she think the films are real? It appeared on our uh, mentions in Twitter. It might just have been a glitch in Twitter. I don't know. (laughs) I was was like, oh, who sent us a comment? Deborah Meaden, this is utterly shameful. Zero respect for life. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, she's not wrong. No. Anyway, now it's time to watch a load of beautiful people get sliced up. Utterly shameful, zero respect for life. You are really fit, you're fit, but my gosh, don't you know it? And our first feature is from 2001, directed by Jamie Blanks. It's Valentine. He loves me. Spend this Valentine's Day. He loves me not. With someone you love. He loves me. Someone you trust. He loves me not. And someone you know. He loves me. Won't try to kill you. Will you dance with me? Dance with me? Dance with me? Remember the kid everybody ignored on Valentine's Day? Loser. Well, he remembers you. God, we were so horrible to that kid. What do you think happened to him? The murder of an old friend reunites four young women who once humiliated a boy at their school dance. Has he returned to take his revenge? Yes. Yes, yes. well. Yes, he has. I mean, mm-hmm. if you can make any sense of the ending. But, um, I'd look it up on Wikipedia. So yeah, no think. one seems to understand it at all. No. I watched this film twice because the first time I watched it, didn't realise we were doing it as a feature and I actually fell asleep <laughs> watching it because <laughs> it's so boring. And so I rewatched it today, stayed awake. Still can't give a shit about this film. I like this film, Shot yeah. Fest. Again, it's another nostalgia kick for me. I fancied David Boreanaz as a young girl. Which one's he? He's the, the, the big meaty man who's probably the murderer. <laughs> the big meaty yeah. man? Okay. Meaty man. Oh. Meaty man. The meaty man. The man made of meat. The meat guy from Buffy. Buffy meat man. Oh. Angel. The man made of angel meat. <laughs> anyway, I think Denise Richards is brilliant in this. She plays this type of character fantastically. I mean, she really lights up the screen. She's, she's lovely. Every scene she's in, she steals it. She's so much better than the rest of the cast. Yeah. I don't know, like, there's some all right death scenes. I mean, there's not a lot of substance to these films, is there? I'm, I'm, I chose them because I was like, I want chewing gum for my eyes. Bits of it are boring. Bits of it are kind of like unnecessarily glossy. And a lot of them are very much just like, like Bryony said, sort of chewing gum for the eyes. But, 
this one has got a, a various kind of odd things sort of bubbling under the surface and it almost threatens to turn into something that's batshit. Doesn't quite get there, but every now and then you just get moments that are like, like, like the, the art exhibition, which they say is really, really bad, is genuinely oh, yeah. quite freaky. <laughs> it's so shit. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody in it sort of talks like normal people. Um, no. Denise Richards is fab. She very much is kind of, I'm going to be completely camp and I'm going to be like the, the sexy girl who doesn't give a shit and she does a, she does a fantastic job. Everyone else in it is quite bland. But there's all, there's moments that are almost... Cliff, I think, honestly, if this film was from 1972 and it was an Italian sex film called something like Death Licked My Eyeballs, you would like it. Because <laughs> it almost threatens to be on the, that level of kind of arty weirdness, but it doesn't quite get there. Well, I, I think the thing that puts me off about a lot of these films, including this one, is it looks like you're watching an episode of Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Yeah. Do these women even have jobs? Yeah. One's a journalist... One's a medical student in the beginning. Well, the medical student, she gets offed. And she then, gets off. Yeah, and the other ones? One of them's rich. One of them's super rich, so presumably doesn't work. Yeah, the, the so-called fat one is rich. Meat man's... He's an alcoholic. He's an alcoholic. He's an alcoholic. That's his job. <laughs> oh, yeah. he's also a journalist. He's, a, yes. he's an alcoholic journalist. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um... I'm not sure what Denise um, Richards does, but I assume that no, she's... No, they, they, they don't have any... All these, they're just pawns to be moved around by the script and all they do is speak in exposition. There's no backstory to anything that happens. Like they try and do a little bit, but it doesn't really make much sense. Mm. And the whole ending of the film just cancels out everything. And I also found that a few of the kills were too convenient. I think my favourite one is the woman getting pushed through an exit door yeah. onto a stairway and <laughs> falling through the middle of the stairway into a rubbish bin. That's, yeah. that's some of the Chuckle Brothers. <laughs> I noticed that when Paige and Lily are trying to remember people with the initial JM to try and figure out who's been sending them Valentine's cards, the sinister Valentine's cards, which, by the way, they look quite professional. Are they from Moonpig, do you think? Um, yeah. Might be Funky Pigeon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're really good at reeling off names of men they've known with the initials JM. And I was still trying to think of people I know JM. It took me ages just to even think of like two. Can you? Let's, let's test it. Let's play a game. Uh, Luke, name some people you know with the initials JM. See how long it takes. Um, uh, John Malkovich. You don't know him. No, no. People you actually know in your life. Right. People, no people one could that, really know the Malkovich. No one can know Malkovich. <laughs> people that I know his mind. Or JM initials. Um, oh, I know one. Yeah? I know one. Uh, Joe Mitchell. Okay. Not a famous person, person I used to work with. Cool. I, I, used to, I went to school with someone called Jane Morris. All right. There we go. No one. No one. Yeah, it took me ages. I, was, I thought, like, there's the comedian Juliet Myers. And then I remembered my old housemate, flatmate, uh, first year at uni, who was called John McCormack, but it took me ages to remember what the Mook was because um, we only ever called him Bush because a few weeks into term he spent the night sleeping in a bush. <laughs> he was just called Bush for the rest of the year. That's quite a wholesome reason for a nickname, basically. Yeah, yeah that's better than your usual nickname <laughs> stories. Yeah. Oh well, I was hoping one of you would know someone called Jizz Monster or something like that. So. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's my best mate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I know Jizz Monster, but we call him Alfred because uh, he looks like the guy from Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at your t-shirt, Luke, you were out with Jizz Monster just earlier, weren't you? <laughs> I'm on my phone, so I'm having to like squint. What's? Oh yeah, oh, that's a bit jizzy, isn't it? It yeah, is a little bit jizzy. Yeah, me and, me and him had a great time together. 
A little bit jizzy, this t-shirt I'm wearing. John. <laughs> I have some thoughts about Valentine. Okay. I think it was just so little to it, I got too over-analytical. But it purports to be kind of a, he's just not that into you kind of thing. It's all like, oh God, aren't men scumbags? But if all the main women who were killed had slept with the awful scumbags who they blew off, they would have survived. The first one... She blows off that guy who speaks in the third person, and then she's mm. killed when she's doing the autopsy. The one uh, in the weird art installation, if she let the artist shagger while his secretary watched, she would have been shot and fallen in the thing. And uh, these Richards, if she'd slept with that guy, that guy who she called over, he said, I've got a surprise for you upstairs. What surprise is he? Like, she's, she's surprised. The surprise he has upstairs for her is his penis. <laughs> what other surprise is it really gonna be? Like, it's not his house. Well, he really brought in, like, a really good surprise up to a bedroom that's not his bedroom. But if he took his trousers off and he had two cocks or like. Yeah, two... <laughs> Maybe that's why she went up. She was like, is that it? Just one penis one and penis. it's a normal colour. Like, Fuck off. <laughs> You've got at least one more cock than that to please Denise Richards. But, like, if she just. <laughs> then she wouldn't have been killed either. So, basically, what the film's message is just sleep with the ski you guys and you yeah. can survive well everyone in this film is pretty horrible though aren't they I mean the women are all horrible the men are all horrible yeah there's no one where you sort of maybe you're meant to kind of empathise with the main girl because the water doesn't work in the flat one day so she has to wash her hair in the toilet <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> like, a, that's a kooky crazy thing we've all done right ladies <laughs> it's very very odd I hope the water had run out after she last flushed it not before I was oh. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, not before a morning dump or something like that <laughs> It's a weird fucking film. Mm. I mean, the points you've made there, Simon, about, you know, if women had slept with ski to men, if you look at it from a sort of point of, like, well, women are just fucked, it'd be interesting to see it made today. Mm. Or would it just be another sort of cash grab and it'd be really, like, heavy-handed on the nose and a bit shit and still quite exploitive? The thing that really bored me both times I watched it and the thing that sent me to sleep is the stalking scenes, the bits that are meant to be suspenseful. Oh, I lost my attention every time. They're just so badly done. I don't get it because Jamie Blanks... Well, he's made at least one really good film, Storm Warning, which was his next film. Um, I mean, that was a few years later. Maybe he went to film school in the interim. I don't know. I think the only suspenseful scene that I like of this is the opening. Like, I think that The opening's really well done. The opening's good. Well, yeah, when it, all the body bags are getting stabbed, there's actually that feeling of... Oh, sorry, that suspense. bit. The uh, scene with the morgue in the morgue. Yeah. No, I was, I was talking about the prologue at the high school dance. Oh, the high school dance, yeah, yeah. No, but mm. I think yeah, I think both are actually, yeah, work. The kids that they cast to play the younger versions of the girls are quite well done. But, like, if you're cast as the kid who's in inverted commas, fat one, that's just the worst yeah. casting, isn't it? Like, if you get called up, oh, you're playing, like, the young version of this, the main character, one of the characters, brilliant. What does the main mm. character say about you later? I was a fat, horrible, ugly child. Like, that <laughs> poor wee kid. It's like, oh, I get to be in a film. And what they say about me, they say I'm a hideous monster about halfway through they're like yeah we've written a character bible for you so um if you want to just open this up and have a little read maybe your mum can help you have a look if you don't yeah. some words you don't she opens it up and it just says fat fat, <laughs> fat poor little child. girl fat kid. <laughs> yeah well valentine was jamie blanks's second and last hollywood horror movie the first being urban legend from 98 mm. um well i mean it's, it's not much better than Valentine, but... Oh, no, I think it's way better. Yeah, I liked it. I fucking love Urban Legend. You know how much I love Urban Legend? It's just a really good, silly, stupid fucking romp. And the baddie is just brilliant. And it's got, you know, bonus Robert England, And it's just 
great fun. I mean, I'm, this is going to be me for nearly every film. We're like, oh no, I love that film because <laughs> I watched it when I was 13 and it was well good, mate. It was the first sleepover I watched it and I didn't wee the bed. It was very great. With a lot of these, I enjoyed at the time, they're like really sort of fun popcorn movies. Like, yeah, yeah, I quite enjoyed this. And then literally half an hour later, it was just like, I can't remember anything that happened in there. <laughs> Apart from the villain who was pretty awesome and also yeah. them being very mean to the goth girl in it, <laughs> whose idea of a chat up line is to go, do you like lithium? <laughs> what on that chat room called goth for goth yeah, yeah that's right yeah I, I i've never used do you like sertraline as a as an opening gambit of chatting anyone up or an, any yeah, other kind of medication you know do you like anasol <laughs> getting caught in the rain <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, There's a lot of the kind of weird late 90s, early 2000s treatment of mental health in this and also in another film where they're all just like, well, she was taking medication. Do you know she was bipolar? She must have offed herself. Okay, case closed. Yeah. Kind of reminds you that, yes, it was quite a long time ago, despite the fact that my brain quite often tells me that, no, that was, what you're talking about, the late 90s were last week. It's, it really, really wasn't. Um, But yeah, this film's fine. I like the idea of a slasher movie based on urban legends. It's a really good idea. And like you look at the Wikipedia article, it lists 16 urban legends that are referenced in the film. But there aren't 16 deaths based on them. And they could have done so much more with, with that whole concept. It just seems to fall by the wayside a bit. And I mean, they kind of come up with a reason why the killer uses them to do the kills um it's a bit weak though i mean it's very weak because like the killer they think they'll get away with it if people go oh that never really happened it was just an urban legend but surely that would only happen if the police don't start investigating until like 10 years time it's the kicking bishop running up the arse of slasher motives (laughs) (laughs) it is (laughs) well they do believe that one was a suicide very readily like oh wow she wrote that whole sentence with her wrist cut open. That was perfect. <laughs> Best blood writing I've ever seen in my entire life. Absolutely immaculate. Um, what, like, wristmanship? Like, uh, you know... Wristmanship. <laughs> it's just, like, staggering. It was a suicide. It was a suicide. So the police of that world will believe anything. So I think, you know, it was a good cover. There's a little cameo in this film, other than Robert Englund. Go on. At the very beginning, it's Brad Dorf. Oh, it's Brad Dorf. 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 Yeah. Uh, best known for uh, a two-parter in Star Trek TNG. Not best known um, for a two-parter in Star Trek, the fucking <laughs> knob generation. Oh, it might be Voyager. My mistake, sorry. Star Trek Voyager. Whatever. Sci-fi free zone. Uh, well, aren't we lucky? Urban Legend became Urban Legends for some reason, under which name it gave us two sequels. 2000's Urban Legends Final Cut and 2005's Urban Legends Bloody Mary. Yeah, I only watched Final Cut, which I actually like more than the first film. It's not a massive improvement, but I feel like it works more with being a slasher, and I think it is fun at times, but every single film reference is really, really on the nose. Mm. There are, is it a specialist film school, or is it just the film studies class? But you think they're probably a bit past the stage where they need to be taught about what mise-en-scene means. Oh, but this yeah. is just universal to all films. Whenever they have a lecture, no matter what level it's supposed to be, it's always on the sort of level of an absolute drivelling fool. Like in the first one, where it's where Freddy Krueger is saying, "Ah, these urban legends—they're not actually real," and the fucking kids are like their minds blown. They're supposed to be university. 
I don't know why one line has stayed in my mind from this that's really confused me <laughs> when the professor is trying to frame the other woman and he just says, I hope you get sent to a lesbo prison. <laughs> it just, it's, out of, it's out of nowhere. Maybe she's queer and he's really positive and an ally towards her Yeah, lifestyle. maybe. It's like, I hope you go to a prison that you feel like you can be yourself in. Hope you get sent to Greece. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there is the other lesbian character in the film, so I'm like, why didn't he say it to her? But instead he says it to the main character and it's just, it's out of nowhere, the professor's saying it. I think the film sets, that's the thing they had the most fun on this. When you, saw, yeah, when you yeah. see them crashing through onto the alien film set, well, those are cool moments to it. But um, at the start of the film, you know, it's meant to be a film in a film and they talk about how shitty that person's acting is. And then later on they say, oh, this person's made a shitty film. And you're not sure if they're poking at the actual film that they're in. <laughs> How long did it take you to realise that uh, sort of Final Destination plane thing was going to end with someone going, cut? Almost from just from the start, because the acting of it, it just didn't feel right for whatever was going on in the film. Because having not seen this before, I watched that bit and I was just like, oh, this film's going to be campy and fun yeah. and silly. And then <laughs> yeah, it yeah. went cut and I went, oh. It's such a shame, because if it had carried on in that kind of, kind of <laughs> level of, of madness, then it might have been good. Um does contain the cutest disemboweled dog I've ever seen. <laughs> Very cute dog puppet. Have you got a top ten of disemboweled dogs you've ever seen? Yeah. Which other one are we comparing it to? The the one from Devil Feeters. Or what about the thing? <laughs> the one from the thing? We're comparing it to Oh that? yeah, or the one from the thing. Oh yeah, yeah. It's not it's not that cute a dog in that. Disemboweling is <laughs> adorable, but the dog is uh, a <laughs> go. The dog's fucking munter. Absolute just... munter. <laughs> <laughs> Glad it got disemboweled. Yeah, fuck you, ugly dog. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, ugly dog. Oh, <laughs> uh, do you know what? I was just going to say disembowelled. Um, <laughs> nice. I've heard his first album, I think. Disembowelled, <laughs> yippee, yippee. There is a character I really related to in Urban Legends Final Cut. It's this guy. Gone with me. Gone with the wind. The guy who sings Gone with the Wind to the Gone with the Wind theme tunes. I'm always doing that. <laughs> always doing that sort of thing. Like, like obvious ones, like... Coronation Street. Mission Street. Yeah, and then obviously we've got... Um, Last of the summer. <laughs> okay. The summer. And then, like, you've got... Um, Emma Delphine, it's time to watch Emma Delphine. Things like that, right? It's a lovely but falsetto you got there. <laughs> you can't always fit the titles into the music, and that's where it gets more fun. You have to get more creative. So, like, match of the day, what would you sing to match of the day? You can't sing the ma- you can't just sing the title, it doesn't fit. It's time to watch some football on the BBC. No, it's it it. time to watch... No, what is it? Match of the day. Match of the day. No, 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 Getting the wrong end of the stick. It's right. um. You can fuck off, you fucking wanker. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of a letter that surfaces on the letters page of Viz every now and then, where somebody says that um, whenever they're watching Strictly, they sing over the theme tune, "Get a stick of celery and stick it up your bum." It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly that sort of thing. Yeah. The stick yeah. Of celery, stick it up your bum. And the end of question time goes, "Stick it up your ass." Do you remember <laughs> Howard's Way, the BBC? Uh, Drama from the 80s or 90s? Vaguely. Um, how's that go? It goes, um. Fucking cunt. Fucking cunt. Like that. 
Yeah. Do you remember the Sopranos? It goes, you are a fa a a kink, isn't it? That one? What's that? Which one? The Sopranos. No, it's got, it's... Oh, I don't you know how are, that goes. No, my favourite of all is the theme tune to ITV News, which um <clears throat> You are a cunt <laughs> You are a fucking cunt. You are a cunt Poor Trevor McDonald. <laughs> you could maybe mix it up and rather than the last you are a cunt change it to this is the news yeah. you could but you know so they're a cunt watching the news rather than just a cunt I love that because I, I, I do this to, to telly themes but I think mine are much more wholesome like my news one is Channel 4's news where it's just like here's some news <laughs> Channel some 4 news. what's the news this is news yeah. I like news whereas yours would be like oh cunt 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 you fucking funny Although to be fair, just before we recorded this, Beethoven's fifth, I think, was on the <laughs> was on the telly, and, and just, just me and my wife just started going, "You are a cunt, you 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 are a cunt, anyway." You're listening to the Devil Times Five Horror Podcast. <laughs> um, Urban Legends Bloody Mary, 2005. <laughs> um, it's right, like they're running out of ideas with this one because they do the Pop Rocks myth again, like in the first film. Mm. And people can lick too. That one that reappears. So they're definitely running out of ideas. It's a really weird one. This it's so cheap looking. And... It's very very strange, and it's less of a kind of an urban legend thing, and more like somebody watched from night two and yes. kind of sucked all the joy out of it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it is nicely directed. It's Mary Lambert. She did Pet Cemetery. Yeah. She did American Psycho, and in this one, it's just a little bit like, what are you doing? Did she do American Psycho? I thought that was Mary Harron. That was Harron. I thought it was yeah. the same. Oh, okay. No, no, different Mary. Different Mary. Bloody Marys. <laughs> oh, is that Bloody what they Mary. Bloody Mary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the CGI spiders in that scene where the spiders pop out of her zit or whatever it is, they move like they're on wheels. It's <laughs> just so shit. But then, like, you know, I love the Beyond and you can hardly complain about shit. Special effects spiders. When oh, like those the are Beyond, charming spiders. No, they're, yeah, they are, they are adorable. Yeah. When she actually initially starts picking at the zit or the spider bite or whatever it is, that is actually quite horrible. It's, I kind of was like, ooh. And then the CGI happens and you're like, ooh, that's just silly now. Yeah. And it's got a scene where two white kids manage to get a black woman to let them into her home by doing a black power salute, saying power to the people. And then he says, oh, you look exactly like Foxy Brown. Wow. Uh, Foxy Brown's in uh, Urban Legend 1. She's mentioned in, yeah, yeah, in in Coffee in 2, isn't it? Mm -hmm. They're remaking Urban Legend now. Really? Yeah. But they're bringing back police officer. Oh, yeah, Reese. Yeah, she's coming back in for the the remake. Right. She'll be watching Jackie Brown. Well, that's good because she's sassy. Yeah, there's a lot of sassy characters in these films. Yeah. <laughs> Problematically sassy, I would say. Yeah. She really kind of ramps it up in the second one. It's all like, hey, baby girl. And it's like, no, oh. please don't. Urban Legends Bloody Mary contains the line, they think I'm one bolt short of a nutcase. That's not a phrase, is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You never heard that before? Carry your nuts in a case. Well, sure, that'd be one nut short of a nutcase. Look, that'd I don't be, make the you, you carry your bolts in your bolt case. Your nuts in your nut case. Oh, fancy got several cases. Well, some of us can only have one case <laughs> with bolts and nuts in. 
to be fair, I'm sticking with the traditional old nut sack. Uh, yeah. Hipster. Keep it in a nice case. <laughs> that would be the surprise that Denise Richards got in a bedroom, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> he'd, he'd, replaced, he'd replaced his nut sack with a, a case. I mean, she'd be like, you got me. That was a surprise. I was expecting one cock or maybe two cocks. That's why he said, well, you know, wax it, because it's a very nice case and it needs maintenance and upkeep. Yeah, exactly. I watch Catchphrase so much. I'd see that and think, what is this one? <laughs> say what you see. Say what you see. I thought you were going to say you saw Catchphrase and the Catchphrase was wax it. Wax <laughs> it. Okay. It was Mr. Chips pouring wax all over someone's Oh, nose. I don't trust Mr. Chips at the best of times, so who knows what he's up to. <laughs> no, he's a fool. He's a creepy, creepy fool. What is he supposed to be? What is he supposed to be? He's an abomination in the eyes of God. He's a robot. He's a golem. He's a golem raw. He's a golem. He's a golem, yeah. He's the quiz golem. He came out of a ZX Spectrum in the mid-80s. Yeah. And one day he will kill again. Yeah. <laughs> That's Mr. Chips. Hey, speaking of wax... Should we move on to House of Wax? That's a very well, good segue. I suppose we could move on to House of Wax because it's a damn good purely segue. for the segue. Purely for the segue. That's a level of professionalism I was not briefed to expect. Yeah, okay. House of Wax, 2005. What a great film. Well, what a terrible film. Well, yeah, no, okay. So the, the, the prologue again is... Because uh, I waxed it on today. Waxed, waxed it on it today. On. Um, Do you think the, the opening shots make it look more like you're in for House of Come? <laughs> I can't remember the opening shot. I think I was I think, making a cup of tea I think it's point. a case of you see what you want to see there. No, like I say, I've, I've watched a lot of catchphrase. <laughs> so if you're on a catchphrase, be like, say what you see, and you just press the button and go, jizz. <laughs> jizz. <laughs> jizz. <laughs> Have you been on Catchphrase yet, Cliff? I have not been on Catchphrase because they haven't allowed civilians on it for many years. Celebrities only these days. Oh, that's uh... true. But if Catchphrase was just a bunch of Rorschach tests, it would be astounding. And just be like, just loads of ink blots. And they're just like, oh God, my mum. Oh God, terror. You know, that would be an incredible variation on it. <laughs> if our listeners could uh, spread the word about this podcast so much that we get like 10 million listens, then I think mm. I might be eligible to go on Celebrity Catchphrase. And I'll press my buzzer and I'll say House of Come. <laughs> Correct! <laughs> anyway, it starts off quite bonkers, weird, has a lot of promise and then it, it cuts to the young people and I'm like, oh no, I've lost interest. That first 50 minutes of the film is so boring. Oh yeah, until the actual killings. So this is the plot for the first 50 minutes of the film on Wikipedia. And in what way does this sound in any way interesting? On their way to a football game, Carly, her boyfriend Wade, her brother Nick and their friends Paige, Dalton and Blake set up camp for the night in a wooded area. A stranger in a pickup truck arrives, then leaves after Nick smashes one of his headlights. The next morning, Wade discovers his car's fan belt is broken. A local man named Lester offers to drive Wade and Carly to the nearby town of Ambrose while the rest of the group heads to the game. In Ambrose, Carly and Wade meet a man named Bo, who offers to sell them a fan belt and drive them back to their car after he has finished attending a funeral. They visit Trudy's House of Wax while they wait, a wax museum which is a central feature of the ghost town. They eventually follow Bo back to his house to get the fan belt. Carly waits in his truck while Wade goes inside to use the bathroom. Fifty fucking minutes it takes to watch all that happen and nothing happens. So boring. We get Paris Hilton trying her best at acting. And I, I liked Paris Hilton in this because she was terrible. But she, like, I think I just liked watching it going, that was the best take they did. They're like, no, Paris, say like, no, say it, say it like you mean it. No. 
<laughs> no, okay, no. One more time, be like, you don't want her to go in the pit, right? Uh, okay. No. <laughs> All right, one little bit more oomph, little bit more oomph. No. Brilliant. Got it. Great. Move on. Wrap it. She does get a good death scene as well. Yeah, that is the best scene. She went to the premiere and just stayed up until her death scene, burst out laughing and then walked out. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> so power to her. Yeah. But once it gets going, like, it's it's actually quite good. That first waxing scene, I was like, fuck, yeah, actually, this is something I've never seen before. It's horrible, it's disgusting, it's really good. Yeah, the second half's definitely got something to it. I did like the fact that it's called House of Wax and literally the whole house is made of wax. That was yeah, ridiculous. That was yeah, it's like yeah. a catchphrase, isn't it? House of Wax, say what you see. <laughs> Basically, every film would be better if it was more like catchphrase, I think, is what we're learning. <laughs> uh, one of the first films to jump on the post-screen bandwagon was I Know What You Did Last Summer, which, uh, like Urban Legend, spawned two sequels. This seemed like very much a bandwagon one. It's competently made the first one but the whole villain it's just a bit dull it's just an angry man yeah there's no twist an angry man mm. an angry man who's remarkably good at moving corpses and cleaning yeah, really up quick. after himself really, really quickly really quick. yeah. for a man who's like worked on the boats for so long and is probably riddled with cancer or yeah. you know, fish disease or something <laughs> yeah, he's very um fish disease. very spry <laughs> well you meant to be saying efficient efficient oh hey. <laughs> He's also very good at killing almost bloodlessly, even though he does it with a big old hook. Yeah. I was really expecting some hideous disembowelments for this film. I was like, oh, cracking. A hook. Nope. It's quite really a shit hook, though, shit isn't it? Hook. Mm. It's the same hook as in the first sequel. It's just, it makes less bloody mess in this one because <laughs> they were a bit scared in 97, of course, for some reason. Yeah. Um, it's based on a novel from 1973, which explains why characters. <laughs> Called Ray and Barry. <laughs> really surprised they didn't update those names. This is one that I hadn't seen as a child, but I enjoyed the. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? When she's just screaming into the abyss, and it's parodied really well in Scary Movie. So I was like, oh, that's where that's from. So I enjoyed that. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the problems I had watching those scary movies when we did that was that I just didn't get most of the references because I'm just well, not familiar with these films. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I'm not going to reassess them. <laughs> no, don't do that. Sarah, our former and occasional fellow devil, made a really good point that Julie, the main character, her whole character arc is represented by the state of her hair and how recently it's been washed. <laughs> 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 just sums up how well-developed any of the characters are. Very good point. Oh, talk about problematically sassy characters. There's precisely one black person in this film. She's the one scene and talks unlike any person has ever spoken. I think <laughs> mm. she refers to Julie saying, oh, you've still got your pasty-ass skin or something. It's like literally on that level. I think I took some... Yeah, 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 yeah. All the black characters in these films always have to uh, refer to anyone's skin colour. Yeah. Kevin Williamson, tut-tut. The same writer's scream. But yeah, real off day. I, I quite like the premise at the start where everyone's going to go and have a wonderful future and then it turns out that they don't. You do get a sense that they've at least thought about the kind of dynamics between the characters. And I mean, I do want to know what was it? Which one of them went to New York? Was it Sarah Michelle Gellar? Sarah Michelle Gellar, yeah. yeah. And then she touched it. She went, I went, uh, now back. So it's like she went to pursue acting and it was just obviously a wash. She basically walked into like basket case. So it was just like yeah. like scabby hotels and <laughs> junkies, etc. She was like, ew, now. She worked with ew, Joss no. Whedon and it fucked her up for good. That's the... Well, yeah. <laughs> the character of Julie lives at... Her address is 309 Short Street. 309 Short Street. So whoever... 
whoever named that road obviously wasn't playing by catchphrase rules. Were they? <laughs> <laughs> say what you see. Fucking hell. <laughs> yes. Anything else on that one before we move on to the sequels? Uh, it's got the guy from uh, Big Bang Theory. That's, that's, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, 98. <laughs> I still know what... The... <laughs> <laughs> can't just say what other people have been in yeah that's my job that's my shtick <laughs> you can't stay in your lane simon Sorry. this is my thing my thing is pointing out what actors and, do and be aware simon i cut most of those podcasts that deals in pointless <laughs> trivia like otherwise i'd start going Oh, I still know what you did last summer. It has a 4.2 rating on IMDb and it cost the budget was $45 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but does it have the guy from the Big Bang Theory in it? <laughs> That's the fact we all want to know. <laughs> See, when I do it though, Cliff, it's, it's charming and endearing when I do it. When you do it, it's just tedious. So right, okay. keep them bloody in. Okay. Because okay. our next film stars Jeffrey Crooms, better known as literally every character in Star Trek, and he made the film. He had a great time with this one. I still know what he did last summer, where he plays the yeah. uh, hotel guy, hotel manager. Yeah, yeah. He's fucking brilliant in this. He's brilliant in everything, but he's really like channeling into that sort of. He, he plays very good, um, this character from Star Trek called the Water, and it's a very similar vibe of just like superiority and annoyance, and he does that so well. So I was thrilled to see him in that. And Jack Black, he's also an actor. And he's he's terrible. Why? Why was he playing this role? Why was he in it? Maybe he just really wanted a holiday. And they were... <laughs> I couldn't remember if Jack Black was a thing in 98, so I checked his IMDb. And the same year, 98, he was in a crime thriller called Johnny Skidmarks. <laughs> what the What's the crime exactly? This might have been, yeah. Well, I think we already know, don't we? Yeah, because I think his first role was in X-Files. In like 96, 97, maybe even earlier. Um, so he, he wasn't a thing. He wasn't a thing, no, not really. No, but he was certainly something in this. Annoying. Mm. I uh, still know what you did last summer. It's got a 4.7 on um, IMDb. <laughs> and it cost uh, 65 million to make. That's fascinating. That is actually very interesting. Thank you. Oh, amazing. <laughs> I'm going to sleep better tonight knowing that. Do you know what? I'm just not going to do acting facts anymore. Fuck you all. <laughs> <laughs> it's episode 75 it's time for something to change we need to mix the formula up a bit I'll do the budget from now on then I'll say the budget for all the films Luke does budget facts now and he needs a theme tune for it um, Brandy's good in this film <laughs> she is good I just think she's delightful in it in fact and she's like in a partnership with Mecky Pfeiffer who I'd never heard of so I looked him up he's best known in ER playing Dr. Pratt yeah. <laughs> oh, now who's got the facts about who's in what and the things they've done before? <laughs> yeah, but that was. But it's got the word Pratt in it, so uh, it's, yeah. it's not the same. If if so, if someone in this film played Ian Cockmunch in Big Bang Theory, <laughs> maybe it'd be worth mentioning. Oh yeah, Ian Cockmunch. He loves D and D in Big Bang Theory. It's really funny. It's like ha ha ha. Uh, Ian Cockmunch uh, loves D and D. I'll point out at least my acting facts are Star Trek and not bloody Big Bang Theory. <laughs> they're on the same level. They're, they're all. No, terrible. they're fucking not. How dare you? Back to the film. They pushed it really, didn't they? They were like, how do we make a sequel? I know, island. He, he lives on an island now. You know, the end of the beginning one, right? He was in the ocean. What's in the ocean? Islands, done. Right, sequel. It's literally British sitcom movie adaptation <laughs> rules. We're yeah. all going on holiday! <laughs> I need to know, 
how they got the capital of Brazil off the coffee. What year was that coffee from? She gets coffee out the cupboard and picks yeah. the capital off on that. But why would it say Rio on it? Because that wasn't even the capital at that time. It doesn't say made in the capital of Brazil, Rio, does it? You don't see it close up, you just see a look at it. Would you prefer um, if she held up a Duran Duran record? Yeah, to be honest, I would. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually looking at the scene to figure it out. Oh, oh, here we go. Right, so... It wasn't the capital in that year. She goes to get the coffee. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And it says, it says, she looks at the back of the coffee. They don't even read it. They just, they're, they're, they're not acting very well. Yeah, she looks and at the back of it and then just says, yeah, it's Rio. Yeah. Maybe she's learnt to remember things using visual clues. Yeah. <laughs> Except wrong things. <laughs> she would be really shit on catchphrases, what I'm saying. <laughs> just... Maybe it's just called Rio Coffee from Brazil and they made the wrong assumption. But then when they're out on the island and the voodoo guy, he knows that they made the mistake on the phone call, which wasn't even on the radio. How does he know that? And why don't voodoo. they? Magic. Oh, magic. Oh, yes. Yeah, voodoo. Voodoo. Yeah. Yeah, sure, okay. yeah he, stu- he stuck a pin in a doll and it told him. Yeah. She stuck a pin in some coffee and it told her. Uh, and then um, 2006 is I'll always know what you did last summer, which is a whole new set of characters. Uh, but the same, but the same fisherman targeting them for absolutely no reason. Because why does he care? Pile of dog shit. It's so cheap looking as well. It really mm. is. When it started and they're on the Ferris wheel talking about the story of the fisherman, mm-hmm. I thought, all right, this is going to be like the little prologue, and they're all going to die, and it goes on to the next bit. Purely because the cast were not as good looking as the previous cast. <laughs> mm. But then the film just kept going, and I was like. Oh no, these, these, quite, still very beautiful, but by Hollywood standards in these films, quite average people are the cast. And, um, it just took me really out of it. I was like, oh no, this is not good. Oh god, it was the editing, the everything, uh, the music, everything was like so cheap. The music, what? Small town, a lot of new metal bands, apparently, just living in this small town. Mm. You say small town, I felt like the whole thing was just shot on like an abandoned airbase that they'd put a couple of buildings up in. Oh, God, like fire Festival. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing I found really, really weird. It just feels like the most random locations because... Yeah. Especially with the ending where that guy, I think he gets pushed into like a forklift truck or whatever. Mm. And it just feels like just they were like, oh yeah, just throw that. It feels like they shot it illegally at about 4am (laughs) in places they didn't have a permission to film in. They were like, quick, quick, get in the cable car, get in the cable car, do something spooky, cut. You know the bit near the start where the guy says um, that the fishman, he's more like Jack the Ripper, except this guy never got caught. Do you th- is, is that an intentional yeah. mistake or did he get his facts mm. off the back of the coffee packet? Or? Probably, yeah. Because all the coffee packets in that particular yeah. small town that doesn't exist have got facts about Victorian murderers on them. Yeah. Yeah. But wrong weird. facts. Wrong facts. Yeah, wrong facts, yeah. The most notable thing about this is this is the one that had the comedy uh, name in the end credits. Oh, yeah. The prop master is called Dick Kicker. and someone else who also worked on props is called rick kicker and i just thought if that's his son why doesn't he call him junior or little dick kicker (laughs) (laughs) that's the sort of trivia we need on this podcast (laughs) talking of franchises david dakota tried to trick people into renting his slasher movie by calling it final scream Although in America, we had to call it Final Stab because Dimension <laughs> got upset. Okay, I will always know what you did last summer is cheap. Final Stab is certainly cheap. I mean, I don't have a problem with cheap films, but... No, but they're... Yeah. But this isn't very good, is it? No, all. no, it's... I wonder if this maybe started as more of a traditional kind of 
whodunity type thing and they were like, no, we've got to make it a bit more like Scream. I think that's true for a lot of these films. This one's based around a murder mystery weekend, except it's not like any murder mystery weekend that actually exists in real life, where you all just sit around awkwardly dressed up as characters from the 1920s and nobody really knows what they're doing because they've just read a character bracy thing off the back of a card. I mean, I went to an absolutely insane one. It was one of the most demented fucking things I've ever been to in my entire life because... In a good way? Uh, sort of. It was superhero themed. Uh, and so everyone was like a superhero. And it's quite complicated. Everyone got like a superpower and like a bag of stuff and all sort of figured in. But like it was... Drugs. Str- well, you say that. You say that. <laughs> the hosts got absolutely off their fucking nuts on like, I think... Definitely cocaine, possibly also MDMA. And they kept going, they had like a room where they were just doing all these drugs coming in, getting more and more sort of fucked. <laughs> and it got to this point where like you needed this um, wizard's key to progress or something. And um, everyone blamed this guy um, who was dressed in suspenders and kinky boots for some reason because he'd been an arsehole. And he was like, I don't have it, I don't have it. And everyone had to like pretend that, uh, that we had it and so the plot could move on. But the real funny thing was... Um, my wife, uh, she was the only one who hadn't drunk done any drinking or any drugs or anything at all. And she had a little thing in her little bag. So everyone's losing their minds trying to find this thing off their nuts on coke and, um, <laughs> and booze. And she just had, had the wizard's key the whole time. Had no idea. And then at the end, it was like two in the morning and they had to just wrap the murder mystery up with the host, just like someone off their head, just talking through what had happened. Was the film like that? No, no, it was not like that. All right. (laughs) If you substituted that, except without the superheroes theme, there was one character that was a complete bitch for no reason. And rather than being on Coke and MDMA, they are all on extremely strong downers. It would be a bit like that, but not as fun. Apparently the cameraman's in a boat for so much of the film just that boat is rocking side to side I don't get what was going on with the camera work and I think it's quite effective at the end at the end it's effective but when people are just having a normal conversation and the camera keeps tilting left to right It's just, why do I want to feel seasick by watching these people have a conversation? Maybe he was paying homage to the bit that the great 70s and 80s comedian Les Dawson used to do, where midway through a set he'd just go, will this voyage never end? Yeah, there's a lot of Les Dawson references in these films. Yeah, they they, they love Les Dawson in um, (laughs) late late 90s, early 2000s. I hope that is the reason. I hope so too. I hope it was Les Dawson that filmed it. (laughs) (laughs) It was David Dakota, but this one only has, I think, two scenes of uh, hunky men in their pants or in the shower, which is about eight fewer scenes than in his normal films. That's one scene that annoyed me, that you think he's finished his shower, because he he puts all his clothes back on, he dries his hair, and then the woman comes around and he says, oh, hang on, I've got to go and finish my shower. And then we have to see him get get back into the shower again. (laughs) Just as Wes Craven had attempted to kick off a new Elm Street-style franchise with Shocker, in 2010 he tried to start a successor to his own Scream franchise with My Soul to Take, a film which feels about five hours long. This is another one where you almost feel like there could be a good premise there. Because mm, that opening scene with the kid's dad going mental and killing his wife and himself is so good. And then there's the suggestion that his soul has been transferred into seven babies that are all born at the same time. What? What? (laughs) Well, no, then it cuts to 16 years later when the babies are all 16 years old. And, I mean, they're not 16-year-old babies, obviously, that would be mad. Um, No madder than the rest of the things you just said. (laughs) 
<laughs> this sounds like you're describing the plot to that bloody dinosaur film again. Because you're going to have a scene. I'm like, what? This sounds great. And then so I was all fully fucking pumped up for a sort of seven... Baby s- film. Seven, like, serial killers. Seven going, brides for seven brothers. So, yeah, seven psychos for seven victims or so, I don't know. But it's not that at all. It just turns into Scream, where it's a whodunit. A lot of teenage mumbling and... Yeah. So, yeah, if any film starts off as one thing and turns into a Scream clone, it's this one. Mm. What I liked about the setup with this is I'm always kind of a bit of a sucker for like a story where everything happens in one town. Whatever the problem is kind of spreads across the community or it's kind of like different people. Like Salem's Lot or like even like a Twin Peaks kind of thing. So I was expecting like more of that, but... No, not really. The way the kids are all written is just so much like Stephen King. I hate all that kind of shit. You shitter. Did I say you shitter? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, the, you remember like the kids in Christine call Cunningham Cuntingham. Yeah. So like at one point, Alex Finkelman in my soul say it's called Dumb Fuckle Man, which admittedly <laughs> sounds like something we'd call him on this podcast. But yeah. <laughs> Dumb Fuckle Man was sounds like a classic Borscht Belt kind of comedian, doesn't he? Tell some real ticklers. There's not a lot of good swearing in these films, and I... I think no. that's American rating because a lot of people say frick instead of fuck that's the weird thing because my soldier take is an 18 so I don't mm. know why they mm. didn't push I think the there's a, a conversion rate though isn't there like oh 18s are more hardcore than Americans in the 15 we can have like one cunt but you can't really mean it as many fucks as you want <laughs> mm. oh yeah, yeah fucking cunt I don't mean it <laughs> in a PG you're allowed to say shit twice you're allowed to say what? shit in a U in a yeah. U really yeah, yeah, Bambi was like, I shot myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at the end, when Dumbo's finished flying, he flies around to the mean, bitchy elephants and goes, you shits. <laughs> yeah, I think the original Aladdin, you know, when he was really on the stuff, he called Aladdin a sniveling little cunt, didn't he? And he had, to, <laughs> had to take it out. <laughs> well, the things I watched in Infinity Pool last night, they, they didn't get an R rating in America. It was an NC-17 over there. Well, they've cut it for an hour, but yeah. Yeah, that was where some people that don't really watch horror movies got hold of a description of the film and they were like, what is this? Yeah. And I was like, well, that sounds mad. Can't wait to watch it. And it's true. You do see Alexander Skarsgård um, spunking Carmen. <laughs> nice. But you only see it dripping onto the floor, don't you? Wait, is it spunking out of the end of his knob? Oh, so the version that I oh. saw... So you saw the cut version. You didn't see the end of the knob version. Wait, wait. You didn't see the, you didn't you saw the version without the cocks in it. So I saw the version that was on VOD and it was just uh. it just drips onto the floor. Oh no. Oh so you didn't see Mia Goth <laughs> wanking him off. I, you see that. You see her go up behind him and start doing it. No no no, you didn't see her hand on his erect cock. No, no, no. So, and then all the spunk wait, coming out of the right, end. Is so it his erect to... cock or is it a stunt cock? Is it the, is real It's a uh, stunt cock, a fake cock designed by Dan Martin and his crew. Ah what? Oh, is I it think... Goff's hands, though? Yeah, is it a stunt hand? It's Dan Martin's hand. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Martin's gone really downhill since being on this podcast. And, uh, <laughs> we'll do anything now. So, Cliff, are you saying the one... Actually, that's... it's Dan Martin's own cock. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> yeah, he painted it up like it was a lady hand and then, yeah. Don't worry, I'm, I, I've got the best special effects for this one. <laughs> so natural. Just put some really shit nail polish on. <laughs> yeah. It's all over yeah. The he puts yeah. his cock really close to the camera and his hand a bit further away and you would think it's absolutely incredible. Lord of the Rings style. We also had to cut out a scene after Lord of the Rings as well to get PG. What, the Gandalf reach around? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think he convinces Frodo to actually do it? 
<laughs> I've seen Lord of the Rings porn and it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. So it was Frodo fucking Gollum. It was like a sexy lady Gollum. What? She did the voice as well. It was brilliant. I used to do a bit in my um in my stand up which I, I did like a bad Gollum impression and there was another comedian at the end of the gig gave me a bit of extremely unwelcome feedback. He went, "Your Gollum sounds a bit feminine." <laughs> <laughs> Well, now you can say you're referencing the Lady Gollum from Lord of the Cockroaches. And can yes. we hear it? Precious. Yeah, that's a very effeminate. Yeah, yeah I know, I know. <laughs> Too feminine. Precious shoes and handbags. <laughs> Butch up, love. Butch up. Yeah. So, Cliff, are you saying I need to go and see Infinity Pool again? Just to see. Depends how much you want to see. see the cock on <laughs> Alexander Skarsgård's fake cock. I'm very annoyed I didn't see that now. <laughs> you would be. I mean, it's kind of gratuitous, but I guess the reason is so that you're told early doors that this is the sort of film where you're going to see some knobs. Yeah, yeah. But then the version you saw, you didn't see any knobs. Why so. did you still see that there's the hostage situation and you see a. Oh, not that. Not that. You see, a, you see a knob there. No, but I'm talking like hard knobs doing things with sex. <laughs> oh man, it's, this is Cliff's dirty talk. It's Mr. Chips there. What's he doing? Yeah. <laughs> there is hard doing sex. I think the most offended person listening to this podcast would be Stephen Mulhern because you're doing impressions of Roy Walker as he hasn't hosted it for fucking twenty years. Yeah, but well, Roy Walker's fans do impressions of exactly who could do an impression of Stephen Mulhern? Hello, I'm Stephen Mulhern. Hello, I'm <laughs> Stephen Mulhern. I'm a magician. I look like Ant and Dex stuck together. <laughs> can you get Ant? No. Can you get Dex? No. Can you get anyone else in my TV? No. I'm Stephen Mulhern. Here I am. Knock <laughs> Stephen Mulhern is the the greatest TV presenter on ITV. Stop trying to get on catchphrases. Yeah. Not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you can't be a goth Stephen Mulhern and get on catchphrase. <laughs> Sorry, did you just say I can't be a goth Stephen no, Mulhern? My, my goth Stephen Mulhern. As in, you can't wank him off. Me I was trying goth. to be cool. Oh, okay, yeah, right. uh, okay, that's a. Sorry, it's pronounced. But the thing like, is, if you if you're using uh, me a goth as a verb, that can mean all sorts of things. It can also mean dancing or doing crazy face. Yeah, he'll do whatever it takes to. To get on any any Mia Goth action. <laughs> Anything that Mia Goth has ever done on screen, he'll do to get on catchphrase. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> or done off screen. God, I don't know whether I have to wank off Alexander Skarsgård or Dan Martin. You've got two hands, don't you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had a mouth from Mulhern. <laughs> Sorry. You're listening to the Double Times Five Horror Podcast. <laughs> I promised myself that I wouldn't talk about wanking as much for this one. <sighs> <laughs> it's every it's it's seventy four episodes of wanking. Know, yeah. Although... Sounds like a couple of months when I was single. And that brings us to our second feature, and as far as I'm concerned, the only film we've watched for this episode that is actually quite good. Um from two thousand, Jeffrey Wright's Cherry Falls. Twenty five years ago, a horrible crime was committed in the town of Cherry Falls. Now you haven't heard about Rod and Stacy? Did they break up? Break up! Wake up! They're dead! What their parents hid in the past. Nobody has seen or heard of her for over 25 years. Mom, do you know anything about a woman named Laura Lee Sherman? No. Why? Is haunting the present. Four teenagers have been killed. A fifth viciously attacked. All victims appear to be... virgins. 
whoever has decided to take themselves off the endangered species list and have sex. I need to ask you a personal question. About how far you've gone, base-wise? Can you go further? A serial killer is targeting virgins at a high school. We follow the sheriff's daughter as she tries to avoid becoming the next victim. Oh, I love this film. It hits all the right notes. It's ridiculous. It, it really plays up to you know, the, the sex sells thing that's pushed through a lot of these post-screen kind of films um, and just amps it up. And Brittany Murphy's fucking brilliant. Mm. The Moidoro is fucking brilliant. It's just so stupid i love it do you think so because i i was expecting a romp because this is the first time i've watched it all i'd heard about it was serial killers targeting virgins all the kids in high school tried to lose their virginity so they're not a target i thought it was going to be a, a fun sexy romp and it turns out it's fucking grim mm. i think it's a really good mix of romp and grim i mean re-watching it now yeah the more grim but i mean i still always remember the big virgin party and him coming out going class dismissed but even that party ends in a load of people getting crushed on a staircase if everyone's trying to run away i love it yeah but it's horrible and it all goes back to a historical gang rape mm. it's yeah. horrible it's great i watched this on a sick day on uh ntl's rent a movie service we had to type in your parents pin which oh, yeah. is always one two three four so i could watch wherever i wanted yeah. um, oh, i'm not saying it's not great it is really good but um but yes it's a lot more grim than i was expecting a lot darker and that's why i liked it it works pretty well as a satire as well when other slasher films I think that's one thing that's quite strong about it, that it does still have its surprising comedic moments. But when the comedic moments aren't there, it is quite tense as well. But I do think the ending is still a, a little bit... Well, of course, back then it wasn't, but I still feel like now it's quite quite a questionable uh, ending. What, how he was bent by his poor mother? The... I thought we were just going to say how he was bent. <laughs> no, because like, <laughs> like they had the... You know, she was the victim of all the people from the, the town and then she like just becomes this awful abuser and then he's turned into a killer by that and it's sort of like Yeah, it, it's the it's the transvestite killer trope, isn't it? Yeah, the, um, yeah that's yeah. that's the only thing that makes it very um questionable, but Yeah, very much so. But the the look he's got is pretty cool though. I mean he's got mm. like the goth hair with the streak in it. That's that's awesome. Sort of like they look like they should be a singer in a new metal band. There's a brilliant bit when she's doing the police fit. And she describes him, well, who she thinks is a, is a woman from from the front. They do like quite good photo fit, and they decide to input it. So instead, the person's turned mysteriously to the side. And then they use the one of the fa- of the face turning mysteriously to the side for the rest of the film, as if to preserve the the mystery of who done it you know, artificially. I'm just saying they're bad police. They're bad police with weird technology. <laughs> How come all the teenagers, when they when all their parents turn up to the meeting in the school gym, how come all their dads, all these teenagers' dads, are in their sixties? Just what the town's like. Yeah, they had a virginity problem back then as well, I suppose. The town of the old dads. <laughs> I've watched that one. Is that your new script? Yes, it is. Yeah, the town of the old dads. Um, I really, really like this movie, but bits of it are grim and bits of it are very, very uncomfortable as well. But I think because it is quite sort of tonally odd and kind of off in places, it all just kind of works. I mean, yeah, as, as Brian said, Brittany Murphy is fantastic. Yeah. But there's this is bits like the dad's teaching her self defence and she ends up like lying on top of him. Mm. And that's just like this is creep this is not right. There's all sorts of levels of icky weirdness going on. 
Yeah, way more incest than I was expecting. How much were you expecting? <laughs> <laughs> I'd say there was more incest than I was expecting, just saying. How, mu- how much were you expecting? Zero. Zero incest. Oh, okay. <laughs> Call me crazy. I usually expect zero incest from things. <laughs> All right. More close-ups on the word erected, carved into stone, than I was expecting. How many How many were you How many yeah, were you expecting? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, when, probably, actually, when I thought I knew what the film was about, as I described earlier, probably ten... Certainly double digits. And then when it like turned out to be quite a grim storyline and very downbeat in tone, I thought there'll definitely be no close-ups of the word erected carved into a stone pillar in this film. And then like towards the end, there's suddenly a close-up. In fact, it's one of those close-ups like uh, on the farmer in The Birds with his eyes pecked out. It goes doof, doof, doof on the word erected on a stone pillar. Like the Ascenders theme. <laughs> <laughs> That's the cliffhanger. <laughs> We've been erected! Duff, 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 duff. Cliff, is the cliffhanger what you call your erection? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That was good. That was good. You didn't even hear it because he was distracted by a cat. Yeah, yeah I was distracted by a cat, sorry. Yeah, it's alright. It was very good. Was, it was, was it? Was, I'll, I'll listen to it in the edit. It was the best joke about your cock <laughs> I've heard for several days. It was. It was just cock related. Cock related. It was just. It was your cock related though. It was. It was quality cock material. Good. I'm, I say you look forward to it at the weekend, isn't it? It's like I might yeah. might have to go through the, <laughs> the tedium of editing another podcast in two weeks, but at least there's one cock joke I haven't heard yet. <laughs> <laughs> Treat yourself. <laughs> Treat yourself. <laughs> the, yeah, the start, you see the Welcome to Cherry Falls sign. It says founded and then the year. And the year is obscured by a branch. And I was really waiting for that to pay off. The year 1869. was 1969. Yes. Yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> or like, you know. The year was 2052, or the year was <laughs> 65 million BC. <laughs> they're all space virgins. Space virgins. <laughs> and, and they a, have they to all fuck dinosaurs. Like dinosaurs. They have to fuck the dinosaurs, end. yeah. <laughs> the killer's a pterodactyl dressed in its mum's shoes. Still I the mean... same grim, grim subplots, but they're dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we never do find out when Cherry Falls was founded. Maybe it's trying to keep it relevant, you know. It could be set any time. It doesn't matter when it was founded, does it? <laughs> Be some old granny town founded in 1849. Would it be a cool like like Milton Keynes, like 1965 or something? Yeah, something cool. Yeah. Um, anything else on this? Uh, so Cherry Falls has a 5.2 on IMDb, <laughs> and it costs 14 million to make. Well, at least all of us have already lost our virginity, I think. Uh, but the real question is, who's going to lose this next game of scary noises? Me. Yeah, me. Simon, last time, Cliff picked a bit of music that wasn't actually music that was Mm. just a sound effect from the film right so we may get that again today oh yeah it was very sneaky yeah that was really sneaky sneaky bastard is it going to be a sound effect again this time no no (laughs) it's all all legit (laughs) nah 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 So you know how to play this, and it's Simon and Bryony versus Emily and Luke. Here's number one. What is your name? Will you speak to us? Yes. What is your name? Are you the child Cora? Are you the child killed by the cold heart? Nothing. I feel like the music's from one of the. I know what you did last summer. Mm. But I don't know if it's. The, I still know what you did last summer. I feel like it's from that one. 
It's not. It's not. No, you haven't got anything here. So the music was from Final Stab. Dialogue was from The Changeling. Right, number two. We thought it was a big hoax, but it turns out to be based on a real guy. Brian, what was that? What was that noise? Yeah, but no, what was it? What was it going to be? Um, well, originally I was just going to do your nah noise <laughs> that you made earlier, but um, this one's more effective and powerful, and it really it comes from the soul deep within me. Okay. The dialogue's from I'll Always Know What You Did Last Summer. It is. Ooh. Uh, any idea on the music, Simon? Uh, Beethoven's Fifth. <laughs> Beethoven's Fifth. Emily and Luke, can you get the music on this? We thought it was a big hoax, but it turns out to be based on a real guy. On a 4th of July, this guy goes crazy. He kills a bunch of kids in his little fishing town. Supposedly, it was some kind of revenge. And a year later, he goes after them again. On some island in the Caribbean. And dies there. Is it 28 Days Later? No, it's Shaun of the Dead. Oh, crap. No. Is it when they're outside the pub? No, inside the pub. Inside the pub. Oh, yeah, and they're talking. Turning off the fuse box. Yeah. Um, Simon, when you said Beethoven's Fifth, were you meaning the film about the St. Bernard dog? Or yeah, the, you're yeah. A car, you're a car. <laughs> no, it's the, the, the dog. <laughs> right, good. Okay, just check. It's horrifying when he's inside the pub in that one. <laughs> <laughs> Think of all the peanuts being spilt. It's worth making a film about. <laughs> uh, number three. Anyone need a hand? I'm just fooling. It's not real, see? Yes, Simon. Oh, no, I got it wrong. I thought it might be urban legend. No, it's not. A dialogue's from House of Wax. It is, yeah. And music? And the music's from... Simon? Oh, God, I don't know. Uh... Some Italian spooky cemetery film. It's not. Um, Luke and Emily, what not Italian spooky cemetery film is this music from? Anyone need a hand? I'm just fooling. It's not real, see? I found it on the side of the road a few weeks ago. Oh my god, are you okay? Sorry, we took so long. It's alright. What are you guys doing around here? We were all, uh, Camping up through those trees. Don't know. No. Vampire's Kiss. Obviously. Halfway through and it's 2 0 to Simon oh, and Oh my god. Ooh. To Briny, really. I have literally no idea. This goes against everything my brain can do this game. Number four. Ben Den! Ben Den! Ben Den! <laughs> can you hear me? Oh, 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 Brittany, tentatively. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I don't think anyone's jumping in. Um, is the music like from Coffee in Urban Legends or Foxy Brown or something? No, I can see why you would say that. Dialogue or music, anyone. Anyone got anything for this? It's hard. Hard pair this. I don't know. All I know Fenton from is the blimmin' It's from the dog yeah. 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 But, but it was Fenton and then there was like sex noise So it was like, is this some kind of porn film yeah. about Fenton? I thought that uh, was part of it Well it explained why the guy goes Jesus Christ <laughs> 
does sound like it's coming. Well, if you can of. do Lord of the Rings, you can do Vent in the Dog. <laughs> do they do porn of like memes? <laughs> they must do. Probably. They must do. Yeah, they must do. Uh, no, the music was from Urban Legends Bloody Mary. Uh, and the dialogue was, uh, yeah, the original Fenton video, White Cannibal Queen, which I didn't expect anyone to get. I just really like the fact that he goes Fenton, Fenton, Fenton. Fenton. <laughs> 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 I wanted to play it for you. <laughs> okay, number five. And this could be the scariest pair of scary noises ever. Someone's broken. Don't worry, she's talking to you. Come on, Penny. Please, please. Wait, this could happen. One in a million chance. If it did. Call him. Hey, call him there. Call him there. Please, please call him. Call him the night. Call him the doctor. God will help you. Call Dr. Blake and I kill your family. Jesus what? Christ. <laughs> Has your computer crashed? No, nothing. No, no, it just sounds like a PCP hallucination. Is the dialogue from Existence? Nope. Is the okay. music from Lost Highway? Nope. So the music was from A Wounded Fawn. Oh. Sounds like a wounded fawn, to be fair. Yeah, after Fenton had gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and fucked, fucked him, him. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it was what Fenton was doing. We all saw it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, Fenton, not Jesus another fawn. Jesus dialogue from. <laughs> <laughs> and the dialogue was from My Soul to Take. Oh, okay. So we have one to go. Uh, the score is 2 0 to Simon and Brian. Yes. <laughs> I'm back, baby. Yeah. I'm fucking back. <laughs> Here's the last pair. But with your survival came your obsession. Obsession to stop those around you from making the wrong choices. Thus, preventing Yes, mate. Probably gonna get the wrong one. I think it is Saw 3. Saw, Saw 3? Yeah. No. From the dialogue. No. Is it not? Oh, brilliant. Now I get to figure it out because I was waiting. I was waiting. Uh, and the music's Cherry Falls for the music. It's not Cherry Falls. So, Simon and Bryony, music and dialogue to get. With your survival came your obsession. Obsession to stop those around you from making the wrong choices. Thus, preventing you from making the right ones. You wanted to save everyone. Tonight, I give you the opportunity to face your obsession. Look closely. Eric Matthews is still alive. Spoiler. So it's Saw 6? It's not Saw 6. Did you get the music? Is the music Valentine? No. Music was I Know What You Did Last Summer. Ah. Dialogue was Saw 4. Uh, yeah, that's, that is the best. I, I was never a fan of Saw 3, but I do think Saw 4 makes it yeah. worth it. I might rewatch Saw 4, actually, tonight. Yeah, when we were on the train back uh, from our Saw experience, we were quoting you quite a bit, Emily, going, all right, Grandad, let's play a game. No, that was, that was Phil that said that. Was it Phil? Yeah. I can hear it in Emily's voice, though. Oh no, it's Phil possessed you. Really. Uh, maybe that would explain why my chin is so hairy. I mean... <laughs> Was Phil split into seven um, souls? Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> So, well done to Bryony and Simon. Your prize is a signed box set of Urban Legend. Bad oh, luck to Luke yeah. and Emily. Your prize is a signed photo of Keith Urban's bellend. <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned earlier that we had lots of feedback from you lovely listeners in the last couple of weeks. Most of it was in relation to our next episode with your suggestions of gateway horror films. 
We've picked a dozen of them, some of ours, some of yours, and we'll be watching them for April's show. So as winners of Scary Noises, um, well, <sighs> Brian, Simon, you're not actually going to be here, but, no. but uh, Bridie, certainly, do you want to get first dibs on a feature for that one? Yeah. Uh, Wallace and Gromit Curse of the Were-Rabbit. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one if you want to pick any. Let's do The Witches. Oh, nice. Yes, that would have been my pick, you know, I've never seen it, and uh, I'm interested. It's cracking. Now, I suppose, as we need another feature, I suppose I'm going to have to throw that over to Luke and Emily. Um, what, whatever are they going to choose? Well, how, am I going to really, really disappoint Luke by saying something that isn't Curse of the Weir Rabbit? I do like Curse of the Weir Rabbit, though. And I imagine Cliff's going to be really annoyed if it's Curse of the Weir Rabbit. Because <laughs> you're going to be like, ooh, fucking plasticine, fuck off. Well, I'm going to watch it, whatever. And maybe I'll like it. It's Maybe good. I'll like it. I'm going absolutely open-minded with this. And uh-huh. um, if I hate it, I'd rather spend two minutes restraining myself than 15 minutes restraining myself and completely offending fuck out of Luke. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's carry on with the dinosaur theme. Can we go with Jurassic Park? All right. Are you all right with that? Yeah, the witches in Jurassic Park next time. Then. Yeah. All right, cool. I'll talk about for 10 minutes about Curse the Were Rabbit. Is that all right? Ooh, that's yeah. fine, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I imagine you'll be talking about it for two hours. <laughs> I'll bring a commode to the next episode so I don't have to get up. Oh, you brought a commode with you, Brian. <laughs> Cracking commode. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's full of piss. If anyone could it. podcast and have a shit, it'd be Wallace, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which one's Wallace? The, the man one. The man. The man one. Gromit wouldn't care. Gromit wouldn't need some contraption. A dog would definitely be more into having a shit while podcasting. I will will pass someone today who is, um, you know, her dog was taking a shit on the pavement. She was getting the bag out. Our eyes locked. It can't be nice, can it? To make eye contact with a stranger walking down the street while you're literally about to pick your dog's shit up. It would be worse if you made eye contact with a stranger and your dog had just shat and you just left it. Or you were picking up your own shit. (laughs) Yeah. Eye contact with a stranger for any reason at all. Eye contact full stop, to be honest. (laughs) Oh, shit, right? So I've joined a gym and it's got like steam room and sauna and I was in the sauna the other day and this bloke walked in and he started a fucking conversation. That was the most diabolical thing. I thought you were about to say he came and took a shit in the sauna. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is it hot in here? (laughs) Now we know where the steam comes from. (laughs) I'd rather someone took a shit than start a conversation in the bloody steam room. Yeah. Would yeah, because then I could just leave. It's it's rude to leave a conversation. You oh, can just leave you someone shits. Yeah, that's can you? Because <laughs> God, those steam rooms have been awkward. Didn't realize. Right, so because we've already got a guest devil lined up for that one, um, Simon, we won't sadly be seeing you for that episode, but you'll be back in May yeah. with your very own choice of theme, whatever that may be. Oh my God. I think that's everything then keep your comments on the show coming in we love to read them at devil x5 on twitter dx5 podcast at gmail.com on email and hopefully we'll be able to tell you next month what tuka suleiman from dragon's den thinks of us and of our attitude towards human life <laughs> right i'm off for a post post scream slashes slash thanks for listening Ooh.